evening uh, to the book of Ephesians chapter number 2 and Colossians chapter number 3. Now, um, I've just about ruined this probably, um, and I had no intention of going this direction. Let me just go ahead and be honest. I had no intention whatsoever uh, to deal with this. Uh, as a matter of fact, I already had something else in mind to preach tonight. And uh, I got back to the room, and uh, the Lord started giving me just a couple more thoughts to throw together. And uh, the more I started putting it in there, the bigger it kept getting. And, um, and, uh, and I felt like that it would be fitting uh, to close out the meeting this, in this direction. Um, I'm going to continue off the thoughts that we have dealt with uh, since Monday night. Uh, for those of you that aren't he weren't here, I'm not going to take time to review all of this, but we have dealt with, in Ephesians chapter number 1, we have dealt with living in Christ and uh, the spiritual blessings that are found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 3, the spiritual blessings that God has given us uh, because we are alive in Him. And that's what, we, that's what we are. If we're saved by the grace of God, we have life. In Christ, we are created in Him. And uh, that life that we now have in Him, when we exercise faith and stepped into Christ, we stepped into a big thing, amen? amen. Uh, we stepped in and reap re the blessings uh, that are found within Him. The blessings we found was atonement. Atonement through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Redemption for our sins. We found acceptance with God because of His righteousness imputed unto us through faith and the reconciliation of the Lord Jesus Christ unto God because He made us just like He was. We are finally acceptable in the sight of God, not based on anything we've done, but simply based upon the actions of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we realize that it took the blood to redeem us and it took the body to reconcile us to God. We talked about the adoption is a part of the blessing. The adoption of sons that is given to us because when the Lord saves you and me, He changes us, the righteousness of God imputed unto us, and now we look so much like His Son that the Father decided, amen, to accept us as one of His own. So when He accepted us, He then adopted us and uh, by the way, through that adoption, we became heirs to the throne. We became heirs of God and heirs of the promise of God. By the way, did you know this? That a father can disinherit a son, but an adopted son, he cannot disinherit. Did you know that? Amen. The, the adopted son has a guaranteed right and inheritance from the Father. Now we understand what the Son has benefited because of His submission to the Father and His continual submission even uh, at this present time. But the, the, what I want you to understand as the children of God, the adopted sons, you are in no less standing with God. You are just as holy as the Son is. You have just as much right as the Son has, and He has welcomed you. I'm telling you, now that ought to blow your mind tonight. And truthfully, we ought to all just stop a moment and shout and testify that God would be that God would be so merciful to you and I to allow us the opportunity uh, to be accepted of God and adopted and put in His family. What a privilege that is. We talked about the assurance that is found in Christ. The exercise of faith as we, as we trusted that childlike faith as we trusted in uh, the Lord Jesus Christ in salvation. We stepped into assurance. We have now assurance because we are in Him. And uh, that assurance comes with our entrance, that comes with endurance, that comes with enlightenment, that comes with establishment, uh, that comes with enjoyment, amen, uh, and all of those things that take place uh, based upon our, uh, our assurance that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. That also includes our assembly that's in Christ, another blessing. 
He allowed us to come into the cornerstone. And now the whole building is fitly framed together. You got associated with Christ and the church. If there's ever been an individual who has ever claimed to get saved by the grace of God and yet had no desire to be a part of a church, a local church, I question your salvation. Do you understand that? Because when God saves you, God puts you not only in his family, but he puts you in his church, which he bought and paid for. Amen. It is, by the way, the church that he is going to present to God. Amen. That's what he's going to do. And it is the church that he bought. It's the church that he's purifying. And it's the church that he is going to present uh, in, in eternity. Now, we came a part of the cornerstone. We got joined and yoked up to the church. And the local church serves that place in our lives. And I thank God for the church. What a blessing that is in being saved. Then we talked about lastly, that access that comes from being in Christ, where when we got into him for the first time, we now have access in whom we have boldness and access unto God. We have that boldness and assurance to come before the throne of grace. We now have the ability to have our voice, our petitions made known unto the God of heaven. My, what a privilege and what an opportunity that we have to pray and to make our voice heard unto God. Uh, amen. And so those are the spiritual blessings that come from being in Christ. We dealt with last night the spiritual benefits uh, that takes place when Christ lives in you. And see, that's what took place. God said he's going to give us life. But not just life, but life more abundantly. Amen. Amen. And that abundant life is represented when Christ moves, when we step into Christ by faith, and in the moment we step into Christ, Christ stepped into us. That is a mystery, brethren. That is a miracle and a great mystery. How the God that holds the world in his hand would be able to live and abide within me. But I'm glad to know tonight that he lives within my heart. What a privilege as the children of God to have life within us. That life within us as Christ moved on the inside, again we understand the difference, is eternal life, that's in Christ, everlasting life is Christ in me. And the everlasting life that was birthed into me was brought about through resurrection. The moment I repented of my sin, I found myself crucified. I reckoned myself crucified with Christ and I died to the affections and my lust. I gave up my will and my wants and I died. I exercised my will in one moment and that was to give up the ghost. He is our example, the forerunner in death and we are to die spiritually uh, in, in at salvation. You die. Your old man dies. That genetic died and then God, when that moment we gave up, finally gave up, we repented of our sin, we reckoned ourselves crucified, then we exercised that will to die that is by faith. It is repentance and faith. Right. Repentance and faith. You're never going to have that faith unless you're willing to repent. Amen. Right. Uh, but repentance will only get you so far. It'll make you a good Catholic and that's as far as it's going to get you. But if you're willing to repent and then by faith you'll trust God to satisfy your longings, to give you a purpose for your life, to breathe in you something that's real and something that is lasting, you exercise that faith toward God, I promise you that the Holy Ghost will breathe inside of your life and the moment, amen, the moment you believe in him will be the moment you come alive inside. That is the resurrection. He is, by the way, the resurrection and the life. Amen. The resurrection is a benefit from Christ living inside. Regeneration was the next benefit that God put inside of us. The genetic code died. The old man died. And God regened us. And now we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are different now. Aren't you glad it's different now? Amen. Amen. 
So the regeneration and the work of regeneration that revolved around godliness and revolved around glorification. That deals with His glory now being seen and that's the glory there, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the work of regeneration. There is the work of reassurance that takes place in Christ in you. That's not only faith being exercised, but that's fruit being produced. And I thought about this as well. That fruit is being produced in that reassurance. Let me tell you something. I, I, I'm going to build on this for just a minute because I, I forgot about this and, and had thought about it in the past and I remembered it this morning when I was studying. Uh, but I remember this. Not only is fruit produced in the child of God when Christ is inside of you, but a fight is produced within you. You think about that, amen. That crucifixion that started at Calvary, I died, amen. I died, I crucified, I found myself crucified with Christ. I died in faith, repented and believed, and life was birthed within me. But guess what you have to do every single day of your life? You have to once again mortify the deeds of your body. You have to bring it to the cross. You have to die over and over and over again. You know what that's called? That's called repentance and faith. You know how you know that you're saved? Let me ask you this. Have you repented? Do you know that you've repented from sin? Do you still struggle with sin? So how do you know you repented? I'm not trying to confuse you. I'm trying to make it very simple. Do you know how you repented, Brother Ben, when you got saved? Because you're still repenting. Do you know how you repented and you know you believed? Because you're still repenting and you're still believing. Do you understand? If, and if you can make some kind of profession and it don't ever change you, and tomorrow when you sin against God, because all we're going to do is come short, you can't do anything else but come short of the glory of God. So tomorrow when you come short and you fail God, do you know how you know that you know that you're saved? Because as soon as you sin, you're going to drop to your knees after you've grieved the Holy Ghost and you'll say, Lord, I'm sorry. You saved me from that. You delivered me from that. And I'm repenting and believing that you will give me victory over that sin. You know what that's called? That's called Christian living. That's called living by faith. It don't get any more simple than that. So the reassurance that I have tonight that comes from Christ living within me is not only fruit that's being produced unto godliness and holiness, but it is a fight against ungodliness and the iniquity and transgressions of my life. And so you need to understand that's a part of that reassurance. There's the assembly that's found in Christ, but then Christ in me reveals to me my role in that assembly, my responsibility to that assembly. And we talked about the gifts and the grace that God gives. Now, that is the assembly and the wrong responsibility. Then we talked about the access. And the access that we have to God, God then has a desire, you as his son, as any father would, he has a desire not just to hear your cry, but that you may hear his voice as well. And so in order to have the access to you, he put God the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of His Son, Jesus Christ, within you. And so now He dwells within you and through that, in, through that indwelling of the Spirit of God in Christ in you, He makes His voice known. And I dealt with this last night, will not reiterate this, but I dealt with this last night that God's voice will always revolve around truth. He is the spirit of truth. He will lead and guide you into all truth. He cannot cannot lead you into anything else. The voice of God strictly and specifically deals with truth. Deals with truth. And so for someone to say that they have heard the voice of God, God has spoken unto them, and uh, let me put it to you this way. If God speaks to you something uh, that is contrary to this book, then you're just hearing things. 
or you've made it up, one or the other. I have, I have confidence in that. In other words, let me give you just an illustration. For a man that says that the Holy Ghost has led him to join the military. Can I give you an example? To join the military. I thank God for servicemen. Not getting nothing wrong with that. Let me tell you what he, let me tell you. Forsake, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. That's the Bible. You know what that is? That's truth telling me I'm to get in my place in the house of God and serve God in my place. And for something that would split you, divide you, take you away from the house of God is just simply not Bible. Now, if you feel like you have a uh, obligation to the country, you are indebted to the men. Say it that way, but don't tell me that God told you that. I respect you more for you saying that you've got an obligation to serve your country. I respect that. I'll honor that. Don't you tell me God told you that. You understand what I'm saying? You can, there's, there's several things that you may do, but we, what we like to do so we find approval and appeasement and our conscience being clear, we love saying God told me to do it. But if it don't line up with that Bible, God didn't tell you to do it. Amen. So that's his access to you. And that is Christ. Lastly tonight, I'm just going to get, I've got a skeleton outline, a couple of points that I want to give you, and, and then we're done. And I may just teach tonight. I don't I have a little want you to do it. Uh, but in Colossians chapter number three, in verse number one, I t- quoted this verse last night, and I want to deal with it if I can. Uh, and uh, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter number two. We've been in Ephesians, and I want to go back to Ephesians, but I want to launch from this passage of Scripture, if I may. But the Bible says in Colossians chapter number three, in verse number one, the Bible says, If ye then be risen with Christ, that's our resurrection, seek those things which are above. Now, here's what the Lord spoke to my heart about uh, this uh, last night and this morning. We have focused so much, Brother David, over the last two nights, we have focused so much upon the Lord Jesus Christ and rightfully so because we don't have life with, with, without Him. Uh, he is the mediator. He is our life. And we'll read that. But as I begin to think about uh, what, what brings about such importance to the life that we possess in Christ, here's what you need to understand about the ministry of the Spirit of God and the ministry of the Son of God. They have one purpose in common, and that is this. They are the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, will point you to the Son. He's going to point you to the cross. He's going to draw you to the Son of God. And then the Son of God is going to point you to the, to, the holy, to the Holy One, the Father. He's going to point you to a holy God. You see, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And you're not getting to Him unless the Son of Man draw you. You understand? So we, we focused the last two nights, and rightfully so, on the life that we possess in Christ and the, that, the life of Christ that lives now within us. But what you need to understand is that all that we have talked about over the last two nights has been for a purpose and for a reason. And that is to get your mind and get your heart to a whole nother level than where it has been. We, we talk about our life and it revolves around our temporal daily affair. Rightfully so, this is where we live. But your mind tonight, your heart, your affections, your interest, your investments should not be here. It should be somewhere in the eternal because of the life that he's given you. So if ye then be risen with Christ, he says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, For ye are dead. You are dead, Brother Ben. If you're saved by the grace of God, you are dead. 
You are crucified to yourself. You're crucified to the world. You're crucified to your own lust. You are dead. And because you're dead to this world, this world should not mean anything to you. Hallelujah. Amen. I didn't think I was going to preach, but I feel like preaching right now. I'm telling you, this world is not my home. I am just a passing through. Amen. Because of the life that he's given me. Amen. It's an investment of something bigger. Amen. Something greater that's beyond the power barriers of time and the bonds of this life. Amen. It steps into the heavenly and the eternal. And that's what awaits me over yonder. And that is where my affection, my investment, my interest, my attention should be tonight. You are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Amen. Your life is hid with Christ in God. Your life is hid with Christ in God. Now notice, notice this. Because of such a bond between Christ living in you and you living in Christ, God has such designed this salvation and so intertwined the Son of God and this old sinner saved by grace that even God is not separating us. <laughs> you see, He created us this way and He can't separate us. Who separated us from the love of Christ? You can't do it. So God, God keeps us together keeps us with him, and he puts us, you and Christ, in God. He hid us within him. Now, there's three or four different things that I want to give you tonight of what this represents, what I believe this represents. And again, you have to forgive me if this is scattered because the Lord just gave this to me. And uh, so I had to write it down and roll with it, all right? But I feel like, I feel like, we have focused so much on what we possess in Christ and rightfully so. But now I believe the Holy Ghost said, I want them to understand that the life that he has given you here and there is for one purpose and that we should have our mind and our hearts and our affections set on things above. There is, amen, better things for the child of God. Now, here's what I found this represents. The word hid is very, very key here, I believe. It is very, very key. You see, for someone to hide something, uh, it is as they've, 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 taken, they've taken it and they have placed it somewhere uh, where really, if it's something that I'm hiding from you, Brother Ben, it's something that you do not know where it's at. In other words, we could say it's lost to you in that sense. But, if I tell you that I hid a hundred dollars and I hid it in my jacket that's hanging at the back door, do you know what that just did? I just told you where it was at. I hid it. I put it away. But I just revealed to you where I hid it. What that word hid is telling me because it's hidden God. What he's telling you is he wants you to know where the source of your life is. He wants you to know where life came from. You see, we've just enjoyed preaching and worshiping and shouting about the truths that, of the life that we possess. Life in Christ and Christ living in me. But you see, one thing that God can do that the Lord Jesus Christ has never done. Do you know what that is? Create. Create life. He's not done it. He's caused resurrection. 
But he's never created something out of nothing. By the way, you was nothing. And you was a nobody. But he made something. He took nothing, made something. He made a, no, some, a nobody, a somebody. You're now a child of the king. What you need to understand now is that he's letting you know that the source of everything that we are enjoying in our salvation revolves and re, uh, abides in one person, and that is God. Amen. That is God. You see, in Ephesians chapter number two, look over there with me, and uh, let's read a few verses if we can. Ephesians chapter number two, Verse number one. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had a conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, amen. God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace you're saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you understand the benefit of this life that is in Christ the quickening, the resurrection I talked about last night, the position we have now in Christ, you realize what he just said all of this came from? It came from God. That's where he's the one who's orchestrated everything from the beginning. That in the ages to come, he, God, might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us, through Christ Jesus. Listen now. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the what? God. Gift of God. <laughs> the life that we possess, it came from God. I have news for you. The faith that you were able to exercise in Christ Jesus, that came from God too. Amen. Everything we have all belongs to Him. I understand the Spirit and the Son and the Father are one and the same. But positionally speaking in the Godhead, it all points back to Him as the King, as the Father, and the God of us all. The one who's all in all. He said, not of works lest any man should boast. For we are His Workmanship, that's God again. Created in Christ Jesus into good works. Look now, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, let me tell you three things that I found. Number one, the source of life revolves around creation. That is him giving you life, creating you. Here's what he said. The term is, we are created in Christ Jesus. Now, we possess, here's what we've done the last two nights. We've looked here and we've seen what life we possess in salvation. We're now backing away from the table and examining and we're seeing a bigger picture here. Here's what it is. All that we possess right there was created by God. He said, you're created in Christ Jesus. Who did the creating? God did. God was the one to speak life and put you, create you in Christ. He created us in Christ. He was also the one responsible to put Christ and put him in you. That is, look, look, John, uh, he said in John chapter number 17, verse number three, and this is life eternal, life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. It all revolved around God. He said again, Titus chapter number one, verse number two, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised, before the world began. Romans 6, chapter number 6, verse number 23. 
For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Life, the source of life, God, the source of life through creation. Secondly, through compassion. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. He had great, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know who's extending life? It is God. He's doing it through the power of creation, but he's doing it through the passion, his compassion towards you and me. It's his mercy. Here's what you need to understand. Christ, we came alive in Christ. Christ came alive within us. That's all because of Calvary. Thank God for Calvary. But do you understand tonight that this was not through the choice of Jesus Christ? We sing songs. I told the preacher today. We sing songs that say, uh, Father, I'll go. You know the story, God's looking for someone to go save the, this world that's dying going to hell and, and the Father's searching all of heaven to find that one and the Son says, Father, I'll go. That's not how it happened. Makes for a good song, but it makes for good singing, but that's not how it happened. The Father said, I'm sending my Son. I'm gonna give him because I love you too much. I love you so much that I'm going to give you my son. I'm giving him in your place. Gave him. You know what the son said? Not father, I'll go. He said, yes, sir. And he submitted himself, became obedient to the death of the cross. He submitted himself to the will of the father. Father, not my will, but thine be done. And he took upon that cup and he drank it. Amen. I'm telling you, that is, that is the compassion, not just of the Lord Jesus Christ. And oh, yes, he loved you. Thank God he loved you so much that he died for you. But I'm telling you, it was God, the holy God of heaven that, that had compassion and a love towards sinful man that we could never begin to explain. Compassion. John 3, 16. Give me another one. Same author, different book, same text, same chapter, same verse. Second or first John, chapter number three, verse number sixteen. We just talked about the love of God, John three sixteen. First John three sixteen. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for, for the brethren. Hereby we perceive we the love of God, that he laid down his life for us. It was God loving man. Are you listening to me? It was God. I'm t- this is a mystery and the things you don't understand that I don't understand, we accept it by faith, amen, and move on. I'm telling you it was God that had compassion and it was God that I see in the source of life. He is the creator. He had compassion. It was God that chose. He is the not just the creator of it, but he is the orchestrator of it. You see, all this was before the world began. This was promised before the world began. Acts 11, verse 18, when they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. Guess what? He not only chose, he not only chose his people, God's chosen people, the Jews, but he also chose you and me, the Gentile. We were chosen before the world began. It's all in part of the plan of God, all a part of his purpose. He has chosen us in Christ before the world began. He's orchestrated this thing. So that word hid deals with the source of life. It's hid in him. It's hid in him. Secondly, it has to deal with, I believe, the shield or the shelter in life. You see, that word to hid, that word hid there simply means this. It means that your life is concealed. Now, he has hidden you. But then he lets you know where life is at. But let me tell you something else he did. He let the devil know where he was at too. And then he's dared him to try to come and get you. (laughs) Because he can't get you. Not if you're in God, he can't come near you. 
He cannot pluck you out of His hand. He cannot get you away from the, from the hedge that He has put in your life in God. He puts you in Him. And through that, we have found that we are shielded. Here's what that simply speaks to my heart about. The life that I possess in my salvation is hid in God. That means that my world around me can fall apart. That means it can turn upside down. That means I can be in a battle on every front. But still yet, as I face the darkest and the strongest storms and the, and the strongest, most threatening enemy that I've ever faced, still yet, I have life within me that when my life is turned upside down, when my life is going crazy, when my life is in turmoil, I have life that is in God that is sheltered and shielded. Therefore, tonight, I have peace with God. My assurance and my reassurance is experienced because it is hid in God. Not, it, not just in me, I'm not just in Christ, but it is anchored in something beyond the veil. It is anchored in a God that cannot lie, in the mutable things that he has prepared for us. Amen, that is where my anchor holds. So the storm blows, the battle rages, and yet when my world is upside down, my life is coming apart, in God I am sheltered. In him I'm hidden. In him I am shielded. Amen. 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 I'm shielded. I thought of that psalm that I quote. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my, uh, of my soul, there is no help for him in God's seal. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. My glory and the lifter up of mine head. Amen. He is my shield. And we find that by the fact that he conceals us and that that concealing has to do with, by the way, he put us, he hid us, concealed us within him. In other words, he couldn't just tell you that he got you, he's, that he's wrapped his arms around you. That's not what he told you. He, he, didn't even, he didn't even say that he's holding on to you. Do you know that? We love to think, I mean, he's holding on to me. No, sir. He ain't holding on to you. He puts you within him. He got a whole lot closer than that. Got a whole lot safer than just his arm around you. <laughs> he puts you within him. You can't get no closer to God. You can't get more safe than at that moment than when you're within him. Man, what a miracle. What a promise. So he's, your life is hid. It's hid with Christ. And then it deals with, I believe, the security of life. The security of life. This has to do with eternity. The, 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 the shield, the shelter deals with my, my temporal world, but in my standing uh, with God and with, with my, in my spiritual man, I can experience peace, have a shield and the shelter because I realize I'm hid within him. But the security deals with my eternity. First John chapter number five, verse number 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. Amen. This is the record. He wants you to understand there's some things you can know. There are things that we are secured in. Amen. First, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 1. Now listen to this verse here. I've got some verses. Let me read these to you. Chapter number five, verse number one. For we know, we know some things. We are assured so that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, this body, were dissolved, we have a building of God. Do you remember me talking to you about adoption? The body that's waiting on us over there. Do you know who provided that for you? Do you know who created that over there for you? God did. It's a building of God. Not made with hands, and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked, that we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. 
Now he that wrought us for the self same thing. He that's making all this come to pass is God who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. So the life that we possess in Christ, that was wrought of God. And the Spirit of God that came alive within our hearts, that too was given us to given to us by God. Therefore, we are always confident. Amen. Knowing that, whilst we are home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. I say that's pretty good eternal security. Yes. You agree? Yes. If there's a longing in your heart to drop this robe of flesh and depart to the eternal in the heavens, I say you probably have pretty good eternal assurance tonight. Amen. I'm pretty, if that don't bother you, if tonight death don't bother you, amen, I say that's eternal security. But if that troubles you, what you might need to do is just get another look and realize the man, who, the one who's orchestrated all of this, the author of it all, this great salvation was God. And he don't make mistakes, amen. And I'm telling you, the life that he has given to you, it is secure, amen. It is going to stand, amen. And when we drop this veil, when we drop this house and mortality falls, thank God, we will rise in immortality in the life and the house that he has prepared for us. Amen. Amen. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him, God. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. So there's the security of life. Let me give you the last one and I'm done. I believe it's hid in God, this life that's hid with Christ in God. Reveals to us the source of life. Reveals to you and me. Reveals to you and me the security of life, the shield, the shelter of life. But it reveals to you and me the secret of life. Here's what I mean by that. That word hid, it has to deal with secrecy. Now God has established all, all of this, all of this salvation, this all has been established from the beginning of the world. You understand that? Before light, before God said, let there be light, God had already predestined and established our salvation. Now, the secret of life. You, let me just go ahead and say this. You understand that this is a great mystery. My, it is a great, great mystery. And if your head hurts a little bit when you think about it, that's all right. It's supposed to. Amen. <laughs> These are the deep things of God. Simple truths, but it gets deep when you consider all and the intricate details that God provided in this salvation. What it ought to tell you to you and ought to speak to your heart is this, not confusion, but confidence that we know this salvation is real and it satisfies. Let me give you a text in the Old Testament. Isaiah 64.4. The Bible says this, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Amen. Amen. Now, that verse is requoted in the New Testament. And I shared this with the men last night. But let me share it to you again because there's some extra verses I want to read. 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse number 6, the Bible says, How be it? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God, listen, in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our 
glory. Amen. If I don't tie all this together, I don't know what will, all right? Which none of the prince of this, uh, princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Amen. I'm telling you, this life that God has given to you and me, amen, this life of Christ moving in the inside of our life and we stepping into Christ, amen, through faith, coming alive in him and he's living in me, this life, amen, is just a drop in the bucket of the life that he has prepared for them that love him, them that are waiting for him to come back. I got good news Amen. This life ain't over yet. Amen. I'm telling you, the trumpet's going to stand. This mortality's going to drop. I'll step into immortality. And when I rise, thank God, in the morning, there'll be life like I never could have dreamed. It's never been revealed. Amen. Amen. Now, let me tell you what it continues to say. <laughs> but God hath revealed them unto us by spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things, remember all those blessings and those benefits, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Amen. It's all Him. It's all Him. And the life that we can worship about, shout about, and truthfully, spend a lifetime preaching about the life that we experience, the truths that He is revealing. At the end of the day, I have not seen, nor your ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love Him. As wondrous as our salvation is here, that's so great a salvation it is that it put a desire in our heart to tell a world about Jesus and the life we enjoy and experience as wonderful as it is. Oh, I cannot imagine the life that's waiting for me. Amen. Amen. Come morning time. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go home. Amen. Amen. I've got a longing to be home and see what that does. <laughs> Amen. What that does is, is if then you be risen with Christ, huh, set your affections on things above. Because as wonderful as it is here to be saved, oh, it's wonderful just over yonder. Yes. It's wonderful. I can't imagine. We will have to be, I can tell you from the way I feel right now, we will have to be in a new body to experience that salvation over yonder. I guarantee you that. It is good to be saved. Amen. Let's all stand. I'm done. I trust that the Word of God just puts an appetite in your soul. One, to worship Him. To thank Him for the life He's given you in this salvation. To glorify Him with your body. To live holy. To live righteously, soberly in this present evil world. And to get our eyes 
off of the here and now and realize eternity. Eternity is just, just a few, few short steps away. There's a judgment seat that's waiting over there where we desire to be accepted of Him. There's a life He has prepared for us just over yonder. Amen. That building, I believe God has mansions that are built for us. I do. I believe God has mansions waiting for us over yonder. But that building He's talking about not made with hands, that's talking about your body. And that term there is can be transferred with mansion, buildings and mansions. You see, what God may be preparing may not be just a mansion for you, but it's most definitely a body. And by the way, you can keep the mansion. I'll take a new body. I'll take a new body that's created just like He is. Hands that won't fail, feet that don't go weary, and a body that's going to be perfect for eternity. I'll take that every time. Amen. <laughs> you can keep the mansions, you can keep the gold and the diamonds and the jewels. Just make sure I've got a body that's just like Jesus. Amen. And all else, that'll be heaven enough. If all I got is a cabin by a river, thank God as long as I'm like him, as long as I look like him, that's all that matters. Thank God. You know why? Because that's the life. That's a product of the life he put within me. Amen. Are you saved tonight? Are you born again? She's going to play a verse. Let's bow our heads and pray. Maybe you want to thank the Lord tonight for your life, for salvation. Salvation that's full and free. We can be complete in Him. Amen. If you're not saved, tonight would be a good night to get saved. If you're not right with the Lord, tonight would be a good night to get things right with Him. Realizing, hey, God's prepared you for better things. He's got great things in store for you just over yonder.